You know, we spent a lot of time over the past month talking about the SEC, what's to come, how fun it's going to be, way more entertaining, better home games, all that. And here recently we've said, all right, if it's the 3-6 schedule model, who's the most likely permanent three opponents that you'll play every single year? Who would be the most fun three permanent opponents? You, you guys know. You, you, you've been here like every step of the way. But I'll remind you that this is a Cruton hour. And when it comes from 2 to 3 p.m. on the ref, we tend to look at things through a recruiting angle. So I'll ask you, Parker Thune, and I think there's a few different ways that you can go here. In terms of the recruiting angle for OU, what would be the possible what would be the possible best setup for OU schedule-wise in terms of their three opponents that they play every single year in the SEC moving forward? Ooh, okay. So we know they're getting Texas. Yes. So it's really about which two opponents Correct. do you want. I will and I got say, two different directions. I'm, I'm interested in what you say. I got two different directions you can go here that make a lot of sense. Florida and Missouri. Florida, Missouri. Okay, well, that's one of the directions I was going to go there. Mm-hmm. Is okay, you play Texas every single year, hotbed for recruiting. Missouri, we know what they're doing in the Kansas City area. Florida, that's the most talent in America right now, and you're you're doing a really good job there so far as well. Yep. And that one might make the most sense, and that's probably the one that I would agree with. But let me throw you a little bit of a curveball here, all right? Okay, okay. You know, historically, when OU's owned the state of Texas, things have turned out pretty nicely for them in that state, right? You think of the early 2000s when they were dominating A&M in Texas and you're getting players like AD and Tommy Harris and several others from there. I think I would go with that first one you listed, but if you were to get Texas, if you were to get A&M and then say maybe Missouri and dominate the state of Texas, then... That's proved to be uh, very or nice. Or how the past. about an LSU that maintains a very strong yeah. recruiting presence in the state of Texas? But here's the thing: that's a double-edged sword, right? Because in years that you win those games, it's going to be a lot of good pub for your program. In years where you lose those games, you got all your eggs in that geographical basket. It might be more of an adverse effect than you were counting on, or that you want for your program. Sure, but yeah. It, we've seen it in the past. You beat A&M, you beat Texas on a regular basis, then um, the best players in the state of Texas, which still a lot of good players in the state of Texas, you stand a pretty good chance of uh, landing those caliber of players. Uh, just just an interesting thought. Uh, text line says, recruiting-wise, Missouri, LSU, and Texas. Um, I definitely see the advantage for I see the advantage for all three. I just think that there's – Something very intriguing about getting to play Florida every single year, like Andy Staples theorized yesterday on The Athletic, and being able to dominate really the flagship university in that state. That could go a long way for you recruiting in that area. Go a long way. Certainly, and I think one of the advantages of being in SEC territory is that there really isn't a region that you're in which you're going to play as an SEC program that is going to offer, or rather, (laughs) what's the best way to phrase this? There's really not anywhere that you could go in terms of a road trip in the SEC where you're not going to have quite a few local offers Yeah, at a place like Oklahoma. Sure. Even South Carolina and Vanderbilt or Tennessee or even Kentucky, all those are states where Oklahoma has made offers in the past and maintains an active recruiting presence in. And so – I think regardless of how the schedule shakes out, one of the advantages that you know you have at Oklahoma is that 
you're going to have an opportunity to play in front of a lot of the guys that you're recruiting, regardless of the road trips that you're making on an annual basis. And, you know, beyond your three opponents, one of the things that we do know with that 3-6 model is that you're playing everybody in the SEC at least every other year. Hopefully. Hopefully that's the way. Um, hopefully they come up with the way to where you can play every single team in like a certain time period, or they just don't make it random to hook up Alabama and Georgia every single year. But I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. Oh boy, this listener says on the text line, I can't emphasize how much I hate the idea of playing Woo! Mizzou every year. Let's go! I love it I from mean, a hey. recruiting aspect, but yeah, other than that, I have zero interest. No thank you. Oh boy. Is this this is this real? No, just released 2024 OU schedule at Temple, Tulane at home, Michigan at home, at Kentucky, Texas at Dallas, LSU, Florida, and South Carolina all at home consecutive weeks. At Alabama, at A&M, Arkansas, at Georgia. Yeah, I was about to say, if the first SEC schedule for Oklahoma had been released, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have just happened on a random Wednesday. Yeah. With no It'd be awesome, on. though. I would, I would very much appreciate it. That's a beast of a schedule, by the way. Jeez. That's not the schedule that, uh, I mean, that, that's a way more entertaining schedule, and season ticket holders get way more bang for their buck, but that looked like the toughest schedule in the country right there, and I'm not even sure what those teams, all of those teams are necessarily going to be in 2024. Uh, Ed in Houston says, if you can tell recruits they will be playing a game in Florida every other year, that would be huge. Well, yeah, especially for Florida recruits. You know, you would think that if you tell them, hey, if you're here for four years, you'll play two games in Gainesville, you think that would help out. But, you know, they did a good enough job in Florida, as is this year, with no idea if those kids would ever play a game in the state of Florida in their entire career. So you're already doing a good job in Florida. But to add that little rivalry with Florida if it happens, which I'm not betting on that happening, just one person threw that out there, but I love the idea of playing a game or uh, playing against Florida, Missouri, and Texas every single year. For recruiting wise, that could be the best. Here's a text: Brent has plenty of KC recruiting ties. We don't need to curb stomp Mizzou every year to get a recruiting bump there. Point taken, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's fair. But I think the KC area is one of those areas where, especially in the years to come, you're going to want to leave no doubt that you are the program. Yeah, like for right for right now, uh, for the 24 class, you would think Mizzou is the leader for Winery if a decision were to come today? Yes. And I don't know, like each kid is different, I guess, but would it impact Winery's decision if OU were to play Missouri this year and OU were just to de- destroy Mizzou? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know, but it, it, it probably certainly wouldn't help or uh, hurt OU's chances if that were the case. And that's the situation you put yourself in. Uh, elsewhere on the text line, Tyler from Kellyville asks, will Oklahoma be a serious contender for linebacker Sammy Brown? We've been getting Making that a visit soon. periodically over the last few days. He's visiting Norman in the beginning of April. I think he goes to Georgia. Or what, number one linebacker currently, correct? Yeah, number one linebacker in the country. Got a um, got an interesting haircut, that's for sure. He what, does. He's rocking you... the, the Boz mullet. Yeah. Um, ew, not Mizzou again. I get it's probably an easier win every year, but we've been there, done that. Peyton says it's also nice to be able to tell kids they'll get to play in Missouri twice their entire career. Well, the kids from Missouri, you you can tell them that. I don't know if the kids from Florida care about playing in Missouri, and I think that that's what you meant, Peyton, is telling kids in Missouri, KC, St. Louis area, they could play there, and yeah, I, I agree. 
Brian and Tulsa, I would just love OU and Arkansas to have a rivalry. Um, I, I think that you're probably going to get that if they're playing every single year. If they're playing every single year. Now, That's if you're not key. playing every single year, then it's going to be eh, tougher. Yeah, yeah, one's a little bit. But if you're playing every single year, as I've said many times before, Arkansas is going to claim that as a rivalry, whether OU likes it or not. They might come up with a name and a trophy for the game all on their own and just say, hey, guys, here's what we're playing for, just to let you know. I understand kids wanting to play for their state school, but why on earth would one of the best players in the country choose Mizzou over a plethora of SEC blue bloods? That comes from a listener in the 580. Well, if you're referring to Will Nwineri, it's because the kid values an element of familiarity, and he's also a very relationship-driven person. Mizzou was one of his first offers. They have been quite steady and consistent in recruiting him ever since the offer, and it's close to home. Yeah. So Oklahoma, in the end, probably going to be doing battle with Missouri more so than any other school for Will Nwineri. Well, and, Um, I mean, you've seen in the past where it doesn't make sense, I agree, but you've lost out high-profile recruits to the University of Missouri in that area. Doriel Green-Beckham. DGB, you guys remember him? I know he ended up at OU the 2014 season, never got to play, but he initially picked Mizzou over OU. Jeremy Macklin, a highly ranked player who had a pretty good career at Missouri and then in the NFL, he picked Mizzou over OU. It was down to those two. So I I know you don't consider, I don't even consider OU and Missouri rivalries, but I certainly don't consider OU and Mizzou recruiting rivals. But I do have a feeling, Parker, like now with the that area that you're trying to recruit, you're going to see – OU going up against Missouri head-to-head for probably more kids than you have here recently would be my guess. I would think so. I would think so. Um, the Golden Hoof would be a good Arkansas OU trophy, so says Yeah, Tulsa but that's too, that's too Arkansas slanted, the Golden Hoof, or the or even like the Golden Tusk. I don't know. you got to make that, it more. I mean, the I mean, Boomer and Sooner have hooves. Yeah, I guess A so. Razorback I'm has just, hooves. It's, it, it's a good – I don't know, Tulsa Mike. I'm just hesitant on that one. Mike from Sand Springs says OU versus Bama. To be the best, beat the best. And we do pretty well against Bama. In fact, pretty well against the SEC. BV recruited very well this year. It will get even better. Let's go, Boomer, and Texas still sucks. So speaking of uh, Florida recruiting, I was looking back at the state of Florida and what's happened there over the previous five years with five stars because – God knows we talk a lot about the state of Florida and OU's impact there and everything. So the state of Florida, the past five recruiting cycles, Parker, 23 to 2019, it's had 29 five-stars. 29 five-stars. How many of those five-stars do you think Florida, Florida State, and Miami have combined for out of the 29, if you just had to take a random guess? I'd probably say not that many. I bet it's it's fewer than... One would think. Uh, nine, ten? Seven of 29 five-stars combined for Florida, Florida State, and Miami, the three biggest programs in that state. Florida has had two five-stars the entirety of the past five cycles, which is crazy to me. Florida State's only had two five-stars the past five cycles, and Miami's only had three five-stars the past five cycles. Like, Florida is producing a lot of talent, but man, the three in-state schools are not doing a good job of getting a lot of those. Georgia's making a killing there. Alabama's making a killing. 
A&M even recently has done a nice job with five stars. That was just wild to me. It's like, hey, here's the place you want to be, but the three in-state schools have done like a really lousy job of securing these top fl- uh, flight players here recently. So I, all that to say, there is room for out-of-state schools to come in there and get some of the best players in the country. Here's a new one. I'm a meteorologist. I'd love an OU-Mississippi State battle to determine whose meteorology program is superior. Um, I'm already going to say that it's OU. Yeah, Mississippi State doesn't have the National Weather Center. They don't. And do we really want to go to Starkville every single year? I do not. I have no desire. The only time I ever want to drive through Starkville is on my way to Tuscaloosa, which I've driven to Tuscaloosa one time. You go right through Starkville to get there. That's the only time I care to, to, to get through there. Do you really go through Starkville? Uh, at least that's the way that uh, we went when we went to Tuscaloosa in 03. Maybe we took a wrong turn somewhere, but we have. definitely rolled through Starkville, Mississippi. I don't know. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions Hey, how do you line. feel like – I guess, how do you feel about the color lavender? Important question. Um, On a uniform, not great because that was a pretty awful color scheme last night. Oh, As no. just an everyday attire, it's fine, man. It doesn't rate very okay. high to me. I, I know that. that you're very pro-lavender. I also know that you're anti-sonic food, which kept me deep earlier today. Really? I had a I had an issue with that hot take, yeah. I'll go for I'm the- not saying that it's the elite of the elite. I just think it's a little bit, you got to give it a little bit more respect than you were throwing out. Okay, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I'll go for the corn dogs. Everything else, there's always a more viable alternative. In my eyes. All right. 405-651-3439. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless suitor fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. Ref Army listening worldwide and nationwide today. Santa Marta, Columbia. Hutchinson, Kansas. Do they call it just Hutch there? I don't know. I bet I know who that listener is, though. Yeah, who is it? Hutch has a pretty good JUCO program. They do, so... You're not talking about a JUCO football player, are you? No, I'm not talking about a JUCO mm-hmm. football player. Oh, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. Hutch Blue Dragons. I feel bad because I can't remember his name. I've only ever interacted with him via Twitter. But the head women's basketball coach at Hutchinson... What is that, Hutchinson... No, 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 never mind. I've got the wrong Kansas small town. I'm thinking McPherson. Yes. McPherson yes. College. You're right. He was in town. He was supposed to come by one of our uh, pregame shows earlier this year, and I don't think he ever showed, but he is a loyal listener. You're right I was about thinking, that. I was thinking Hutchinson, and it, it was actually McPherson. It took me a second to realize it, but never mind. It's not who I thought it was. Hutch Baseball, a uh, really good JUCO program. I'll never forget. We played them one year, and they had techno music blaring while they took their infield and outfield. A little weird. But then when they run-rolled us later on, so maybe it was yeah, cool. Yeah, you know. can kind of do what you want when you're that good. Jupiter, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, Redding, California, Greensburg, PA. And honestly, man, I went in today thinking, we got to be running out of Oklahoma small towns. And we're just going to have to change it to Oklahoma town of the day. But Mounds, Oklahoma checked in for the first time just as soon as I thought that. We're still going strong with small towns. I don't think we're going to run out of them. Not anytime soon, that is. I, I hope not. I hope not. We got the the rural population cornered. Michael Van Buren, the only other quarterback offer OU has for 2024 that's not committed. Uh, OU talks are ramping back up between the two. Does that that mean anything with the status of uh, Michael Hawkins Jr.? 
No, I think it's more just an indication that as the lull of the month of February sets in and there's a lot less happening tangibly on the recruiting trail than is typical throughout the rest of the calendar, I think the OU staff is putting themselves in position to have a viable backup plan if things ramp back up in March, guys start taking visits, everything's accelerated once again, and Michael Hawkins decides, you know what? I want to go play for Kendall Bryles at TCU. Now, again, I still think the kid's a Sooner in the end. I think there is too much going for Oklahoma in that battle for them not to come out on top. But they're covering their bases. As we learn from the DJ Hicks fiasco, even the surest of things in the world of recruiting can fall through. And you don't want to be up a creek without a paddle if that happens. Uh, Jeff Levy doesn't want to get the DeMarco Murray treatment from a few years ago. (laughs) Well, he misses out on Kamar Wheaton, and then he didn't get anybody else after that. That's what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket, man. No, fi- Yeah, you lost a running back to Alabama, and you didn't up getting anyone else. Nice job, DeMarco, which that take doesn't. It has not aged well. Kamar Wheaton is uh, not even in Alabama anymore, and uh, DeMarco Murray signed, what, four, four stars in the past two years? But, yeah, you, you know how those takes happen. You know how those takes happen. They're just trying to cover all their bases. It here. won't be long before the narrative reverses in similar fashion with Todd Bates as well. Uh, yeah, because I think the narrative is about to change. I think this year is going to change the narrative with OU and five-star defensive linemen. Now, maybe some people just want that narrative to exist, and they'll say, well, yeah, okay, let's see them get five-star talent when they don't have OU ties. Let's see when that happens. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some well buts if OU signs two five-star defensive linemen, but... I, I think this is the year that the narrative starts to shift a little bit. That would be my guess. I think they're going to get at least one five-star D lineman. And the fact that Oklahoma's in play right now for two five-star defensive linemen and a third that's right on the cusp of five-star territory, people need to understand how significant that is because, as Steely and I were talking about last hour, you know how many five-star defensive linemen there are every year? Not much more than five or six. Yeah. If you get one, that's great. If you get two, man, that's a haul. Yeah, no, it really is. Fair to say that, and a lot can happen. we got a long way to go with this cycle. Fair to say that this quarterback class in 2024 just won't be as strong, especially at the top, as last year's class? Yes. Not a knock on the 2024 class more so than just the 23 class getting its due because – there were some guys that you will see on Sundays five years from now. Several of them. You think last year was class. a legendary, potentially a legendary quarterback class. Yes. You know, and I was looking at it today, and the SEC fared quite nicely with the uh, quarterbacks for the 2023 class and that potential legendary class. Texas, Tennessee, and OU all got five-star quarterbacks. That's, that's pretty good. Bama got two. LSU got one. Arkansas got one, A&M got one, Missouri got one. I'm talking about four stars. Three schools got five stars, and one, two, three, four, five schools got four stars. And Bama got two four stars at quarterback. So the SEC cleaned up very nicely this past cycle with QBs. And I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon, by no, the way. And, the, and Florida Florida was uh, very close to getting one of those guys, but, well, you know, $13 million. We all know how that turned out. Ugh. I don't want I have no desire to revisit any part of that situation. Um 
But that's that's just kind of the reality in which we're living, Tyler, and that discrepancy is going to grow larger and larger by the year. The SEC is going to continue to clean house among the upper tier of recruits in the college football world at every position across the board, not just quarterbacks, because we're entering an era in which the best football in the country will undeniably be played in the SEC. Uh, text line, LOL, Todd Bates, all talk, no bite. We were in play for David Hicks, Caden McDonald, along with a lot more, and he swung and missed on all top-flight defensive linemen Bates went after. We continue to forget about Derek LeBlanc. We act like he doesn't exist. He is going to talk to the media tomorrow. Maybe then okay, you'll believe he, he exists. Here's the I thing. don't know. It's the same three people bringing this crap up on the text line every single day. What the hell do you want? Yeah, like, okay, so we read those texts, um, but I don't think that that in any way represents the majority of the fan base. Well, no, it doesn't, but like for those people, what do you want us to sit here and say? Yeah, Todd Bates sucks. I don't know why Brent Venables brought him from Clemson. No, again... If you want to take the example of DeMarco Murray, it's quite clear that a guy deserves more than one recruiting class at a new school to determine whether or not he's good at his at job. At a school that's really struggled recruiting that position for yeah, a while. And yes. You know what? It's fair to say that the class in 2023 wasn't what we all hoped it would be and certainly what did, not what Todd Bates hoped it would be. But that doesn't mean that's going to be the reality every single year. And it still might be the best defensive line hole that you've still gotten in a while. I, I mean, there, there's there, there's that point to it. I think that that could be true. Uh, 405, we need, to we need a petition for Oklahoma's spring game to be free attendance. Last year I paid for a ticket, and when I entered the stadium, no one scanned my ticket. Uh, look, you can petition all you want for a free Oklahoma spring game. Just like last year, they, they, they need some cash with some things to happen. It's only going to be 5 or 10 bucks. I, I, I think it's very affordable to go to the spring game. I don't think that you should get your hopes up for sp free spring game tickets. Just my thought. Ed in Houston on the text line, Bates will have a lot more success once we start showing improvement on defense and join the SEC. Uh, also, they need to ignore Bates got Bothroyd and Ford and Jacob Lacey. Another says, I'm going to lose my mind. Derek LeBlanc might be the best defensive lineman of all those guys except Hicks. Do we forget that the coaches develop as well as recruit? Apparently that also seems to have been forgotten. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it, but whatever. How does me going, this is from Coy, how does me going to the OU women's basketball pink out game tonight affect OU recruiting? Well, um, it doesn't hurt OU recruiting. And no one will be on campus tonight, but uh, who, who knows? I, I think it's always a positive, Coy. Good on you for going to the uh, pink out game tonight uh, against Texas Tech at 6 o'clock. Which, by the way, we still have a handful of tickets for that game tonight. So here's the deal. Um, if you can just show up to the station here in Norman, 2020 East Alameda, tip off at 6 p.m., um, text me on the text line and like RSVP that you're going to come by and let me know your name. And I'll hook you up with some free tickets to go to the basketball game tonight. How does Hello. that sound? Yeah, get out there. Look at that. Tyler being generous. Well, I'm not really being generous. They're just kind of sitting out on the oh, okay. front table. Oh, fair enough. Where you um, like to sit every single day when you walk in. Oh, here's a fun one. What OU running back coach didn't recruit Bijan Robinson? That would have been Jay Bulware. Bijan Robinson sense. not spelled right correctly for those of you uh, wondering that at home. Bates doesn't suck. Hawkins does look for a better quarterback to go with the better line play on both sides of the ball. Oh, this Man, is the, this is win. the guy. 
This is the guy, the birds aren't real guy, that maintains that Hawkins was about to get benched at Allen, and that's why he transferred. Um, I've said enough. I, I'm not going to let myself get dragged into that debate again. Uh, another listener says, I watch OU Insider Live every Wednesday, as you should. There's another one tonight. There's a few people in that chat always talking negatively about Bates. It's probably the same fools texting in about Bates. I would guess so. That's probably the case. I'm just not gonna fight. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight this all off season long. I just. I. I don't think that it's a worthy conversation to have right now. Now, here, here's the deal, Parker. If we're sitting here in a year's time, and they don't get Winery, and they don't get Stone and they don't get Nigel Smith, and they don't even get Zadavian Sims, then, all right, like right, let's have some legitimate conversations about OU's ability to get high-level defensive linemen. If they strike out on all four of those guys, I think that's a really big issue. I, I don't think that they can afford, just from the perception of it all, the depth of it all, they can't afford to strike out on all four of those guys. But I kind of think that they're going to get two of those guys. So that's why I'm just not willing to fight that fight this, this offseason long. I don't think that there's a fight to be had. You want an update on our friends up at South Bend? Uh, yeah, other than uh, they can't pay a, an OC buyout, but sure. Well, on that on? note, Pete Thamel just tweeted, Wisconsin assistant Gino Guadugli, former Cincinnati quarterback, is expected to be the next quarterback's coach at Notre Dame. What does that mean, Tyler? Uh, the next quarterback's coach at Notre Dame? I don't know. It means Jared Parker is getting elevated to offensive coordinator. Yeah, probably so. He w- he used Oof. to be – Geno used to be a quarterback at Cincinnati back in the yeah, day. Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's yeah. when uh, – oh, I'm just trying to think like of the old Thursday night games I used to watch him play at uh, at Cincy back in the day. Which, by the way, um, the – the uh, God, the why, why am I blanking on the uh, – the Utah OC, there was video of him – with Ludwig. Marcus Freeman at a Notre Dame hockey game when they were playing Ohio State, which is kind of which is kind of interesting. So he was on campus there, I guess, and the buyout was still an issue. So Notre Dame's next offensive coordinator is going to be none other than Jared Parker, last seen being demoted yeah. at West Virginia in well, favor it, of Graham Harrell. It, we talked about it yesterday. It just tells you that you missed out on your A, B, C, D, E, F, G candidates like Notre Dame struck out a ton on their OC candidates. They're having to eat some uh, humble pie here, just promoting from within on a guy that they might not think that highly, uh, that may not think that highly of. I don't know. Rough, uh, rough off season for Notre Dame. Really rough since Peyton Bowen uh, committed to Oregon and then flipped back to it's OU. It's a shame Catholics don't believe in karma. Wow, there's a parting shot to end the segment. 405-651-3439. More of your texts coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. You know what I think is about to get a little bit more spicy in the next coming uh, next few years or so? Really, the next couple of years, starting in 2024. Maybe even starting this year. Uh... I think the OU-Texas game is always fun. There's always a level of spice to it, but with the addition of Arch Manning into the fold, with the addition of JFA himself into the fold, 
With the addition of the SEC into the fold, with the addition of OU and Texas maybe collectively recruiting at their highest levels um, that they have in a while, I don't know, man. Call me crazy. The OU-Texas game is always fun. I just think when you add all those ingredients with it, maybe um, it's going to be a little bit more exciting than it's been uh, here previously. Now I will say this. The first Red River rivalry matchup that we get between JFA and Arch Manning course we don't know with 100 certainty who's going to be pulling them but there are going to be a lot of receipts pulled that day a lot of receipts because you know that has been an endless battle between ou twitter and texas twitter ever since arch committed in june is who's better arch or jackson arnold yeah look um i, I always say that the best meal of the year is saturday night after you beat texas and dallas you go out after the game you go have a meal and it just it just tastes a little bit better that night but the first time that you beat Arch Manning down in Dallas, that meal is going to taste even better, I feel like. Especially if the quarterback on the other side is Jackson Arnold, and he clearly outplays Arch Manning in their first ever start against one another in Dallas. Like The receipts will be pulled. It'll be, it'll be a good feeling for OU fan. I mean, it, it really will. And we'll see if Arch Manning ends up being one of the more hated players for Texas in the past decade or two or so. But I, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be up there in terms of most hated Texas Longhorns. Are we going to get a let me years. answer that for Arch from uh, Steve Sarkeesian? Would be sweet, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be the perfect Saturday. I just think it's going to be fun, man. Just, just just alone the Arch Manning element added into this thing, I just think spice things up even more. But then you've got the SEC and both teams are going to be immediately trying to make an impression in that conference, which maybe adds um, some interesting stakes to that game in Dallas. I, I just it, it's about to get even more heated, I think, here, moving forward. And I don't think that that's a bad thing for OU. I think if the stakes of that game get higher and you win that game over Texas, it's obviously only going to help you in recruiting in the state of Texas. You're going to have to get past I, – I, I'll say this. This October, this coming October, you're going to have to do something that gets the 49-0 taste out of everybody's mouth. Now, I I think that obviously entails winning. It ideally entails winning convincingly. But there has to be something that happens between those two teams this October that makes everybody that's relatively neutral. Obviously, OU fans are never going to forget it. Texas fans are never going to forget it. But especially from a recruiting perspective, do something to prove that what happened last year is a fluke, which it obviously is. Yeah. But well, I, I don't mean, think everybody's cognizant of The that. obvious answer is, well, just beat them 49 nothing. E- a lot easier said than done, right? Like, the realistic answer to what you're saying is you beat them, and you beat them because you had the most dominant side of the ball, which is your defense. I think that's the loudest statement that you can make against those guys, is that is an offensive-driven program. It is. They have two five-star quarterbacks, two former five-star quarterbacks on their roster. They think they're going to be pretty good on offense this year. But if you win the OU-Texas game because you dominated them on defense, then I think that's probably the best statement you can make. You agree with that? I would tend to agree. And I, what's going to be very intriguing to me is who who's playing quarterback for Texas at that point. I think I the think safe money's on Quinn Ewers, but... Man, I don't know. I don't know. I... They, they got to go to Alabama earlier in the year. I just feel like they're going to be looking for any reason to put Arch in. I, I think Arch is going to start a game at some point this year. 
that's because of what I think about Quinn Ewers as a quarterback, but like just the attention for Arch and how much they want him to play this year, I'm not going to be shocked if he if you see him in the OU Texas game. Well, and what do we know about the University of Texas, Tyler? We know that there are many, many folks who have significant financial investments in the University of Texas Athletic Department, and they want to have their voices heard. They want to be involved in the decision-making process. It's the issue of too many cooks in the kitchen, which we have talked about time and time again with Texas. That's why there was a booster that showed up to practice towards the tail end of Steve Sarkeesian's first year there and let him know your job's secure for next year. I mean, think about that. Not to only say that to to the guy – but to have the audacity, and I say audacity, obviously it's accepted there, just to walk out on the practice field and tell the head coach that? Are you kidding me? But my point is, my point in bringing that up is, if Texas flounders to start the year and Quinn Ewers is not playing good football, you think the decision is going to be in the hands of Steve Sarkeesian no, as to no, what no, happens no. at not the quarterback position? Not necessarily. Like, he hasn't done enough already to <laughs> – putting his foot down Parker and saying no this is my call you guys shut up like he hasn't he hasn't had that much success there and I don't know if you can ever have enough success to tell the boosters to you know what off I'm gonna make my own call here but Steve Sarkeesian hasn't had those those two years so far this is hilarious. Chris Rich on the text line said, if Quinn wins nine games or so, I bet he declares to devo- to avoid the certain headache from fans calling for the prodigal nephew. Yeah. The prodigal nephew. That's a Why haven't we thought of that yet? Archibald's prodigal nephew. The prodigal um, nephew is the best nickname in the history of nicknames. I'm down for another 65-13 Red River bloodbath, says the 580. Aren't we all? Um, we need Ewers to start the season as the starter and have Manning be the starter for the Texas game. Young and inexperienced in that atmosphere favors OU. That's from the 405. Uh, 918, Texas beat Alabama this year. Then OU beat Texas. That will be a big statement. It would be a big statement. There's just one problem. I don't think Texas is beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa this year. No, I, I do not either. But they, did, they, but did they come close to beating Alabama in Austin last year? Yes, obviously that was yes, the case. By virtue of Alabama's worst game in like five years. Um from the 708, I don't hate on any kid who chose the school best for him, but I'm more excited about wanting to see Vosick and Akana on their backsides than just Arch a couple years from yeah, now. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, you're going to be rooting, really, uh, you're going to be rooting against Arch. I think most people are. But are you really going to be rooting against the one former OU commits and one former OU lean to Celia Akana? I, I feel like of the two, you'll be rooting against. Probably not Akana, but probably the uh, the Austin boy a little bit more than Akana. You agree with that? Yes, I would tend to think so. I think you'll be rooting against Vosick a little bit more than, than Akana. Uh, and I, I know for a fact that if Caden Green is the one lining up opposite Colton Vosick, he's going to have a little extra incentive to plant yeah. him in the ground. Maybe, uh, maybe he'll be the next Brecken Hager. Maybe that's how the OU offensive line will treat him. I think Vosick's going to be a whole lot better of a player yeah, that, than Brecken Hager ever thought about being. Like He's probably going to be a pretty good player, but maybe he'll be that type of hated by the time his uh, tenure at Texas ends.
Maybe he'll pull a Breck and Hager and say, I'm not going to cut my hair until we win a Big 12 oh, championship. Gosh. The thing about Vasek is he's actually a really likable kid, which is unfortunate because every OU fan is going to have it out for him until the day that he's done playing football at the University of Texas. Uh, here's, a, here's a random question, 580. Who do you think will be Alabama and Georgia's starting quarterbacks? I think Carson Beck will probably be Georgia's starting quarterback, who we saw in the title game. And then for Alabama, that's a much tougher question. It's Milrow and Ty Simpson. I'm going to guess Milrow starts the year and Ty Simpson takes over at some point. That's my guess. I will say Ty Simpson starts at Alabama, and I will say Gunnar Stockton Ooh. starts at Georgia. By the way, uh, Saban got him a former Marine on his roster now. A former Marine? Yeah, Saban got a former Marine on his roster. 26-year-old uh, Kobe McNeil, who was playing on the defensive line at Colorado State last year, has transferred to Alabama, and he's going to play tight end now. So, Saban's looking for a bounce back here. He just got a 26-year-old former Marine. Is he on scholarship? I don't know if he's on scholarship or not. Yeah, I, he's on that, the roster. That's, that would seem very bizarre for Alabama to use a scholarship on a 26-year-old transfer from Colorado State that's about to switch sides of the football. But, hey, culture. You know, that's what it's about. Oh, I'm sure. Work the, ethic. I'm sure the former Marine will be the college football story of the year next year. And he'll be a better tight end than Brock Bowers and be an All-American or something like that. Who knows? 405-651-3439. Final segment of Locked In's next. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. The Rush coming up next. You know, I was today years old. And I guess I really haven't thought about it before because, well, we don't really talk about Stanford all that much. But I learned today that Stanford, you know, really doesn't believe all that much at all in NIL or Transfer Portal. In fact, their new head coach, Troy Taylor, kind of had to buy into that uh, thought process with Stanford. They think that they can be great athletically without cutting quarters uh, academically. And in the 2010s, that was kind of the case. They won won a few Pac-12 titles, played in a few big bowl games, and had uh, some first-round draft picks. But that's the thing out in Stanford. Not a whole lot of NIL, not a whole lot of transfer portal. It's a a unique job out there on the West Coast. It's a very unique job, and it's a job that only gets harder and harder and harder the deeper into this new era of college football that we get. Hey, uh, prayers up to Troy Taylor, man, because – he is going to have to go through the ringer to get Stanford competitive in the Pac-12 again. And the Pac-12 is not a gauntlet by any means, but that's just the state of the Stanford program right now. It's a tough, tough situation. And Troy Taylor did a fantastic job at Sacramento State, but Stanford is an entirely different challenge of an entirely different variety. I agree. Beezer on the text line. First text ever from Beezer? What's up? Welcome to the show. If Todd Bates can't recruit elite defensive linemen to OU, that says more about OU than Todd Bates. Huh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Because Todd Bates has recruited and signed elite defensive linemen before. It's a really good point. It's the point that no one wants to hear. I say no one. The Bates haters, wherever they come from, they crawl out of their holes every so often to – Stir up random drama about Todd Bates's job security at Oklahoma. Uh, from the 972, is Parker insinuating that Caden Green and Colton Vosick have beef or just because he plays for Texas? No, they don't have beef, but yes, he plays for Texas. Caden hates Texas. 
Colton was formerly committed to Oklahoma. Just makes sense. It just makes sense. Is it me or is Sark not a bad guy? He could have scored 70 on us had he chosen to. Or was it a play for mercy from us in the future? See, that's that's the tough thing about Sark. Up until that fiasco at the Alamo Bowl where he cussed out the intern that was coordinating their entrance to the field, I, until that video hit the Twitterverse, I actually thought Sark was a really likable guy, yeah. which well, was a tough dynamic. Definitely much more so than Tom Herman. That's not saying much. And Bars now, on the floor. in my seat, I would much rather have the Tom Herman type of coach at Texas than the Steve Sarkeesian type of head coach at Texas. Just way more fun uh, and a lot easier to make fun of them when they have someone like Tom Herman who's uh, making fun of the opposing players, flipping off the camera at Longhorn Network and all the other shenanigans he pulled while at UT. But you're right, Sark was – it was hard to make fun of him until he pulled what he did at the Alamo Bowl which is still fascinating that he did that. And I don't think he's ever apologized publicly or spoken publicly about it, right? No, I don't think he has. We, we need to grill him on this. We need to plant somebody Big 12 media day. Acres. Yeah, let's go hire an intern, send him to Big 12 Media Day, make he or she ask about that incident. That'll be great. Gosh, they'll probably get a laser pointer shown in their eyes instantly by the SID. Speaking of media availability, tomorrow afternoon we're going to hear from all the newcomers. Every single freshman and transfer portal player, well, that's on campus, I guess, Yes, will be available to the media. Okay. Get to hear from Jackson Arnold publicly for the first time, I guess, huh? Get to hear from Phil Pachotti for the first time. My goodness. I'm stoked to interview that dude. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, names that I think people are very interested in hearing from for the first time. Trace Ford, I to hear how all that came together, that's, Walter you know, Rouse? Yeah. Flipping Austin for Nebraska. Why'd you want to come back? Yeah, All those questions answered tomorrow. That'll be fun tomorrow. All right, uh, the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.